Hi everyone, welcome back to the K Koji podcast. My name is K, and with me is Koji. Um, this is the twelfth ever episode, and you actually just came back on vacation. But I wanted to talk about some new things that happened locally mm-hmm. in my area mm-hmm. before we get onto that. Yeah, sure, man. If you're probably you're probably familiar with like Canada, how it has like one highway that connects all the provinces. Or if you're in the U.S., there's like states. Think of states as provinces if you're in Canada. But there's a highway called Highway Number One. It's like a Trans-Canada Highway that like connects all the provinces together. So it's so basically like of, the lifeline of like for like、uh, the logistics in Canada. Yeah, for for like any trucking, like shipping and trucking、um, products on the road, that highway is like the number one highway. Otherwise, everything else is transported over rail、um, across the country. Or to the main ports, right? Any of the the shipping ports.、Um, so over the last week or so,、um, there was some major flooding that happened in British Columbia, like the the those like torrential rains, so, like flood level rains. Okay, and 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 that was like uh, I guess uh, you know like a record type of rain that caused the yeah the flooding. Yeah. 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 So what had happened was that there was a ton of、uh, water, rain coming in not only from the U.S. but up in Canada as well. So along that borderline, we kind of share like the same lakes between like what's happening in the Abbotsford area,、um, and so because the waters are connected, the water level is rising not only in the U.S. side but also is rising in Canada. And so it overflowed the river, and then it caused a bunch of damage. So a bunch of farms got flooded like crazy.、Um, an entire like、uh, small community had to like get airlifted out.、Um, yeah, and then w- the overflow of the river also caused a bunch of other problems. It literally like destroyed the one major road connecting British Columbia to the rest of Canada. And so that road got wiped away, <laughs> and so there's no way to like ship products from British Columbia to the rest of the so, Canada, so the road, and did, there's no way we can get the other way around. Okay, so did the road basically just turn into river? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Or or part of the lake. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It 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 literally like like there's no road there, and they're trying to rebuild it and stuff like that now. But it was just really interesting because then. Everyone's like, "Oh, or do we have enough supplies and this and that?" And it's like, because you've you already heard like on the news, like there's like shipping issues, right? Yeah, yeah. Being able to get so things you can't, from you can't, other you countries. You can't, you can't definitely、uh, rely on shipping、uh, anymore. Yeah. So the so the only like supply line that we have is like the border that we have between Washington、yep. and British Columbia.、Mm-hmm. Like that's the place we're getting most of our products and services now. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's still continuing. <laughs> It's still continuing,、well, so I think that's like one thing to like keep in mind. It's like it's always good to have like a lot of different areas, yeah, of how you're getting your stuff, yeah.、Um, and like we're getting a lot of stuff airlifted into like rural communities and stuff. Like oh, okay, that, but then, but then that's 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 gonna come with a price, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what about the railway uh, system? Uh, Would that just、uh, work? So the thankfully the rail actually goes over a bridge along that same area, so it's it the the wire didn't touch it, so you're we're good on the rail side.、Um, it's just the、uh, the road. Okay, that, I mean, that, like, but then still,、speed. there's a lot of trucking, right? 
Yeah, uh, to there's still a lot of trucks. Yeah. Um, there was another area of the rail that did get like flooded. It wasn't like the same place as where the road got wiped away, mm-hmm. but um, relatively easy fix, I think. For... I see. I see. Wow. Wow. You know, like recently, uh, I think it was a few months back, there was a crazy um, rain in in the south of California where, you know, they previously had a lot of fires. So like all the all the all the trees are gone. And with the with the with a flash, um, you know, flood coming um, basically caused like a very severe landslide in the area. So like, you know, I feel like there's like, you know, the, the places where we used to think were safe or like, you know, good to live uh, are becoming, you know, no longer safe due to, you know, uh, the, the climate change. And what, what's been done to the to the land uh, as a result of, um, you know, our, our development and stuff. So, you know, I was I was just looking up most dangerous cities. So I was actually just ha- on a vacation to Mexico and, uh, you know, I, I visited several cities. And one city that I briefly visited, uh, it's called Irapuato. Uh, it's in the it's in the state of Guanajuato. My friend was saying that this is a very dangerous city. Don't go. Don't walk out. Don't go out or anything. So after I came back, I looked up, you know, how dangerous you know it was, and and uh, it showed it's 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 uh, it's on Wikipedia. So I don't know how accurate this is, but it's it's the fourth most dangerous uh, city in terms of murder rate in the world uh, as of 2009-2019. So they have. 80 homicides per 100,000 uh, people per year in that city. So that's 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 close to like, well, one over like 1,000 people getting killed. Yeah, that's very insane. Then, you know, I was looking at the list and of the top 10 cities with the highest homicide rates, uh, six of six of them are from Mexico. I actually never knew. I thought, I thought like um, the highest homicide rate uh, would come from you know somewhere else in South um, South America or something, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very uh, very high. I'm going back on the topic of uh, you know traffic and and logistics. I was just in Mexico and when I was getting picked up from from my friend, uh, you know something something similar to uh, the situation in Canada happened. There was a crazy accident on the highway. And and the traffic was blocked basically for the whole day on the highway, and that was the only uh, only highway that would connect, uh, you know, the airport uh, to to where my friend lived. So I I had to wait for six hours at the airport, uh, just waiting to be picked up. Something similar happened last time I was in Mexico, which was last year, um, which was I traveled somewhere. Um, I, I, tra- I went to check out the pyramids um, in in Mexico. And uh, on on the drive back, the highway just blocked completely. Does that ever happen in Canada? Like the highway just gets blocked completely? Yeah, yeah, for sure. If there's like an accident on the highway, like um, like a truck turns over or like there's a fire or something, like that, then the whole highway does get blocked up. For how and long they have to though? Reroute. Um, it doesn't take a whole day, but usually it's like 
maybe six or six to seven hours sometimes can be like the worst situation okay um but you said you were visiting the pyramids that was like the chichen itza is that Uh, what you're talking about it was teteowakan it's uh yeah yeah and um yeah it was uh it was crazy i i just i was just surprised because that would probably not happen in japan as much uh even when there's an accident uh you would still move slowly, you know. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty common, even in Canada, like that you would not move at all. Like we were stuck in the same like area, like same location for like three hours. And then we decided to like off-road off of highway eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Is that legal to just drive right off the highway? I mean, a lot of things in Mexico that are illegal... Um, I mean, I, I feel like there's a very blurred line in Mexico when it comes to what's illegal or not. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were just... A lot of people, like, there's a guy that found a path uh, uh, to drive off the highway to to move to the adjacent lo- road, and, and a lot of people just followed him, yeah. And just went for it, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, th- think of it this way, right? Uh, all those, all those murders happening in Mexico. Um, you know, it, it shows, right? I mean, uh, a lot of crimes, or you know, go, go, um, you know, unsolved in, in that country, including murders or like you know, petty crimes. So yeah, it's it's a sad reality, though. Uh, really, how how many people get killed? Uh, that that the most dangerous city is actually. Tijuana, uh, which is uh, right right below uh, San Diego, and they have the homicide rate of 134 people per 100,000. So that's higher than um, one in a one in a thousand. Yes, it's like 1.3 in a thousand. It's a uh, very very high. And and but but you know, I was just looking up on the homicide rates in Mexico, and you know how dangerous it really is, and what kind of crimes really go down. So a lot of it is uh, you know cartel like uh, related, so drug trafficking related. So you know, murders between uh, rival gangs. But then my friend, when I was there, was telling me that uh, you would sometimes find people on the highway in like a dead body uh, in a bag where they were just abducted and uh, their their organs, uh, you know, you know, for, for the for the for the purpose of organ uh, harvestation. So, you know, when you're walking home from your work or whatever, uh, the bad guys just take you and 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 just steal your organs and you know basically kill you and put you in a bag and throw you on the highway which i found which which i found pretty pretty insane i mean just in in general the border itself between like texas and mexico and then san francisco and mexico or or san San diego Diego, in that case with when you're collecting like california and texas whenever you hear about any like um cartel issues gang related violence or like drug trafficking it's always because it's connected to mexico yeah (laughs) for for some reason like for my like my understanding is that mexico is actually one of the bigger distributors of not only um cocaine but also fentanyl oh Um, really okay fentanyl is what kills people right well it's even worse than cocaine it's like dosage you can't get dosage right and also it's like highly addictive and it's also yeah it it kills you a lot faster than like cocaine or whatever so like a lot of the times 
the I think there's a factory that distributes and I think it's like a factory in China somewhere that manufactures fentanyl, ships it to Mexico. Okay. And then from Mexico, that's how the fentanyl gets into the US and eventually or they will like either take like a fucking submarine or some shit or okay. like a or like a plane, mm-hmm. like a float plane mm-hmm. and then just drop it in the water near Canada and stuff like that. That's how they get their fentanyl into Canada as well. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, what's what's the point of distributing fentanyl? Is it because it's more addictive? They they sell it as cocaine, right? Or they sell it yeah, as fentanyl? Yeah, they, they mix it. They mix it with stuff. That's my understanding. Like, they mix that shit up. Without with the like, knowledge of end consumers, like end users. That's... Yeah, so you, you might think, like, like, let's say if you're, like, a dealer mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, you're the person on the other end that's like buying this mm-hmm. aforementioned drug. And I do want to like preface here, like I do not condone <laughs> the use of any hard drug. Period. <laughs> no, but but there's, like, there is there like, is a there is a supply chain in the market. That's that's inevitable. Well, so, there's yeah. there's a supply and demand thing, yeah. right? Because obviously yeah. it wouldn't be popular if people weren't taking it. But I personally would never condone anyone take like meth or cocaine or any of those hard drugs or fentanyl. Um, m- I'm okay with if you're someone that like THC and CBD because there's enough like medical proof to show that, you know, it's useful. Um, but what, what I will say is that um, because of how addictive these drugs are, um, I do feel like these much harder drugs should get a much bigger penalty. Uh, I don't think death makes any sense because like there's a lot of like social disparity and stuff that causes people to be in the drug distribution business which is like they're not making enough money there's not enough opportunities this and that right um but i would say like we tend to be a little bit lax when it comes to hard drugs but we also don't have enough like support systems to help people like try to cope with these drug related issues um but yeah there's just so many of these like distribution channels Gang into Canada and the U.S. and for some reason Mexico seems to be a great place for like dropping the the like the goods there and then have Mexico be the distribution point. So for it's the like rest it's like the distribution America. hub for yeah for all kinds of drugs, right? Somehow, so they're like the FedEx of <laughs> yeah, they're they're the Amazon, <laughs> Amazon distribution <laughs> center, yeah, yeah. distribution Amazon center distribution for drugs. <laughs> And because yeah, yeah. they always because they always find like fucking like holes on the bu- like tunnels right yeah. between the U- U.S. US and Mexico, Mexico border right yeah. yeah yeah and my from what I've heard it's like the way it's actually easier for Mexico to um, not no longer do the hole digging mm-hmm. but to do a submarine over to Canada and the float plane so so those drop. those traffickers they have submarines yeah some of them have submarines or they have like little planes, uh, planes yeah, yeah and they planes and they just yeah. drop it in the middle of nowhere in canada yeah f- to yeah. pick up yeah, and then, then that, that would go unnoticed it. right because i mean there, there are many playing fields with nothing in canada yeah yeah and then they distribute in canada and also like it's also easier to smuggle stuff on the canadian border side into the u.s so yeah, they're actually doing a yeah. lot more of that like distribution from canada into the u.s now rather than from the border because the border is just so heavily controlled yeah on the Mexico side. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Canada's going to be the new Amazon hub for drugs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a sub-distribution center for, for Mexico. So, 
you know that 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 could actually like drop the price of uh, uh, drugs in Canada. Well, I think drugs in Canada generally are not that expensive. Okay, compared to right. like other countries. Well, other countries, yes, but like, but like, but like in in compared to like even like the United States. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the. Yeah, I don't know what the. (laughs) Like you're asking the wrong guy, man. Yeah, I know, I know, but like I'm just, I'm just curious, man. Uh, Because because you know there there comes like you know I I feel like drug economy is, you know, is there and it's interesting like how how you know how the price gets set, and and how things get distributed because. It's it's a lot of it is underground and it's not transparent, but it's there, and there there are people making money off off of it, right? So it's, you know, I, I find it pretty fascinating at times. Well, I don't want to like make assumptions, but it's just like we can maybe extrapolate based on what we already know, um, which is like when like marijuana was being distributed in Canada, right? Pricing was like really really cheap, even though it was done illegally, right? From my understanding, and like today, even if you buy these like like thc infused products or like you know um if you just buy like the the plant it's it's there's no there hasn't been change in fact it's like probably cheaper because because one it's like you don't know you you now know the distribution is like pretty clear and these are actually publicly traded companies that have like other like organizations scrutinizing them and looking, making sure that they're doing the right thing. And like everything is like packaging, right? There's package and there's like warning labels and everything, right? So like if we think about like maybe it's a couple of dollars more than before when it was distributed illegally, but it's like you're paying for the, quality, the safety. Yeah, safety. Yeah, and the yeah. quality Control, of it, right? right? Control. Yeah. yeah. I see. So it's like, yeah. So like legalization or decriminalizing certain things makes sense. But it's just like some hard drugs just shouldn't be allowed, period, because of like how like fentanyl is like one of them. Right. Um, But like, you know, speaking about like so I would probably say like maybe that's like the pricing that we can make make assumptions on for like cocaine and stuff like back when it was like marijuana was considered legal in Canada. Um, But I am interested, like, did you ever like find like what's the. Did you run into any drug culture in Mexico? Like, did you run into people that were trying to, like, sell you, like, cocaine and stuff like that? <laughs> or, or fentanyl and stuff? Um, no, actually. Uh, well, I went to, like, pretty, pretty, like, local places. And I, I was with my friends. So, you know, they, they pretty much, like, well protected me. And I didn't have to, you know, like, take care of things myself. So, yeah, no, not really. I, I, I... I went to a club and in the bathroom there was a, you know, there was a group of guys uh, who were who were I don't I don't know gathered up for no reason. So you know I could, I could have assumed that I could assume that those guys might have been doing coke, but uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Not nothing really. Uh, it was it was pretty uh, PG thirteen except the drinking part. Uh, my whole trip. <laughs> oh. How do you find weed in Mexico? Oh well. Actually, my, my friend was looking for weed uh, when when I went to Mexico, and he saw a guy uh, smoking outside, and he just went and asked. It seemed pretty easy, though. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty easy. Accessible. Yeah, it's very accessible, I think. Uh, so we went to, like, uh, this beach resort, so we knew no, nobody, 
and and my friend was getting drunk and he wanted to you know get some weed so he went to you know but he said he wanted to get some weed and he went to uh the the corner shop which is like uh oxo which is called oxo it's like the 7-eleven of uh of mexico to get some beers uh, for us to drink and he came he came back with some weed and he told me that oh there was a guy who was smoking weed outside of oxo uh or he, who smelled like weed uh so i just asked him uh, if he had any and he gave it to me i was like wow that 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 was easy <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just looking here yeah. um there was a 2021 legislation recently yeah in in mexico mm-hmm. that legalized recreational cannabis oh, okay so it looks like um i didn't for the most part I, I, it looks like it's it's legal okay um there's no legal structure in place for like the you, sale and distribution because oh, okay. i didn't see any you know uh uh you know weed shops or anything in mexico you know i just i just saw you know i i, I just see it distributed uh on the street but maybe they they don't want to you know they don't want to uh, really regulate the the market because a lot of, I, I believe, the weed distribution is connected to the cartels, right? The government probably don't want to mess with that. <laughs> What's already set up and working. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks like cannabis is legalized for individual use, but the individual, like, states in Mexico... Yeah. They have their own laws. Yeah, you know. So you can still yeah. get caught. Okay. Uh, for like, so if you're a seller, you 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 can most likely go to jail. If you are like a consumer, not maybe so much. Okay, so it's like it's like when when it was uh before it got fully legalized in Canada, you know if you if you're carrying what was it if you're carrying like a little bit for your personal use, and if you're carrying for distribution, then you get arrested, right? That, that was the case. I guess it's it, it's that's where it, it sits in Mexico. Yeah, in Canada, like the the limit per product that you can sell is like ten milligrams or something. Ten milligrams per of, of THC. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Per like product, so if you you're buying like a single item, it can't be more than ten milligrams or something like that. Okay. Um. So how do you? But I've seen higher. I don't know. Like maybe. Maybe it's like, I might, I might actually have that wrong, so don't quote me on that, okay, okay. but it just feels like the dosage mm-hmm. is focused between like five milligrams to like 10 milligrams of okay. THC so per dose. H- how do I've you, never seen yeah. like a single pill or mm-hmm. a product that has more than 10 milligrams per dose. Like, but per, you, yeah, you, dose. You, you could just take two or three if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, you can buy more, right? But okay. it's like, each individual dose is like managed between five to ten milligrams. I, I don't know why that is though. What the what the Point. reasoning for that is? Yeah. But it seems seems interesting. Mm. Mm. So, but but how do you how do you how do you you know um, determine that for the flowers? There's I guess there's no way. Well, I mean it's just THC. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, what's what's if it's yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the the flowers okay, or anything so if, like that. If it's like it's in just, the form of like pills, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah, or or like like edibles, right? Yeah, yeah. So so each each gummy would have to have less than ten milligrams, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I was I was actually looking at because, like, I've been like 
like like buying like cannabis related like stocks and stuff like mm-hmm. that just because i want to understand a little bit more about how this yeah. industry has gone from like illegal industry to like a <laughs> legal industry and their distribution of like edibles and stuff like that yeah um is actually doing better than um the flowers now oh really like the yeah yeah so like infused drinks thc infused drinks mm-hmm. um the gummies the like the baked goods um like the pills directly like so you don't like actually do any like of the smoking of it so that seems to be all those products seem to be doing way better now okay. than um yeah is it because it's healthier to not smoke probably yeah i mean that might be a big reason maybe people just want the um high yeah and yeah and also i think dosage control is also mm. something that that is it's like you can't do that before i think when you because you don't know right mm-hmm. how strong yeah the thing is but if you know the dose yeah. then you're like oh if i take this yeah, much then like, i know like how long yeah. it'll last before i guess it's, it's like yeah. it's like it's also it's also it's also the same with uh alcohol you know oh you're, you're taking a shot of something it's usually 40 or 40 something percent okay i can take you know how many uh you know if you're drinking a glass of wine it's 14 percent. i can take this many you know it's just a just a easy easier way for you to understand what you're taking and how much you're taking i guess so that you don't get too too fucked <laughs> yeah i mean like most of like the the people i know that still regularly use it mm-hmm. um like they have moved away from um the leaf and they've gone towards like the pill i see instead yeah i see I think one of those was like they had like kids and stuff like that, yeah. so they don't want the smell. Yeah, and then also it's, um, yeah, just portion control. I think mm. is like the biggest one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you don't like like if you really think about it, it. What if like the person that you're with is like Snoop Dogg or something, and yeah. <laughs> and, and like Snoop Dogg like smokes like really like <laughs> really strong stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's like you don't. It's like. It's like a surprise. Yeah, like, it's like a surprise. You like you don't know, yeah. you don't know what hits you until it hits you. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, and like I mean, some situations you yeah. don't want that. Yeah. So it's like I can yeah. see how that's. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you have a more controlled life, you'd want to be able to know, like, yeah, anticipate what's going to happen. I guess I guess it's part of adulting too, right? <laughs> yeah, it's part of getting like older, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, so what? Like, what else happened in Mexico that was like? really interesting or crazy because you went like on vacation for like a solid like three weeks and people feel people won't know Mm -hmm. right that you've gone on vacation because we have recorded some of our sessions in the oh yes yes for sure Um, yeah we had a crazy recording week before going to uh, me going to mexico so yeah uh, so 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 we we tend to have like a a backlog of stuff but um you know to the listeners it feel like we never left at all so Um, but yeah, like what, what else happened in, in, in Mexico for you? Cause it looked like you were having a really great time. Oh yeah. I had, I had a great time in Mexico. You know, I, I traveled through like four, uh, four cities. Uh, I went to one beach and, and three cities basically, uh, in, in the cent- in the central, uh, Mexico. And, and, you know, you know, talking about 
what what the things I did, you know, there's a lot of tacos that happen in Mexico and a lot of, you know, drinking, uh, tequila. But then one thing I was uh, actually uh, one one sad thing that happened to us. Uh, I'm going back on the on the crimes topic, but uh, but uh, you know, uh, my friend had his his stuff stolen uh, at our hotel uh, when when we stayed in a hotel, and you know basically like things like his watch, his glasses, and 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 his his sweatpants got stolen. Uh, his Puma sweatpants got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> which is completely random. So, you know, that, that was a little bit sad. But other than that, you know, we saw a lot of uh, great, uh, you know, Nash, you know, like uh, heritage sites, uh, the city of Guanajuato. We went to Michoacan. And, you know, overall, I, I, I'm, I've, 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 found Mexico very uh, rich in culture and you know it's it's a, it's a really big country it's uh, I don't know if you if you can understand this but it's about nine times or, or sorry it's like five times as big as Japan Japan is not the biggest country but you know put that into perspective it's uh, Mexico is very big and in order to travel across Mexico uh, from city to city, they don't have any good uh, train system or anything, so we we use the highway buses, kind of like Mexican Greyhound. Uh, Mexican Greyhound ha- was very very posh. Actually, we we took this uh, bus company called uh, Prime Plus, and where they had it was like an airplane seats, but like a like a kind of like a semi business class airplane seats. Where they had uh, uh, an iPad-ish like device uh, attached to the seat in front of you, and you get to play games and watch movies on the bus. Do you have that in North America? No, I don't think so, because all of our like transportation systems suck. I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have any like integrated like, like, like things. They uh, usually make the assumption that every traveler has their phone or uh, laptop okay. or iPad. Yeah. So it's like. Why? Why do we have to do it if you're already bringing your own oh, entertainment, right? I see. Well, I I guess that's also uh, it was also there in Mexico because uh, oftentimes you lose your signal, uh, your cell phone signal. So you know you don't you don't get connected to the internet. So when you're like on the bus for several hours, so I I feel like the situation in Mexico uh, when it comes to you know uh, transportation is it's 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 uh it's worse than it is in. Um, in North America, or, or like say, uh, say Canada, for example, for example, because our you know the the highways in Mexico, it's not as as nice as the highway in Canada, obviously, and and uh, no good train system either, from what I know. So oh, I think a lot of the transportation relies on, you know, trucks and buses on highway. And and hence maybe that's why the. The highway buses decided to get nicer uh, in Mexico. I'm not sure, but it was pretty nice. Um, you know, you, you just take the bus and just like, sleep on the bus or play games on the device in front of you. Or play, watch movies on the device. Uh, it's it's all in Spanish, but it's it's nice. Yeah. Did Did you watch Telemundo? <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> I mean, like I I I wish I did, but. Uh, 
I I didn't get to I didn't get to on the on the bus. I was I was just too tired uh from from drinking too much, so I just passed out on the bus. <laughs> no. How, yeah. How, did you go to a tequila distillery? Ah uh, no, uh no, I didn't go. I was just, you know, being a good end consumer uh, of tequila oh, okay. and mezcal. You didn't buy any like you didn't buy any like high end tequila. Oh, I bought. Yeah, I did. I did. I bought. I bought a bottle of Don Julio, uh, seventy, seventy. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It was, what color? What color? It's it's a black one. Uh, it's a it's a yeah. It's a black bottle. I think it's like a limit. No, no. Like, what's the color of the look here? Oh, it's it's uh it's clear. It's transparent. The clear one. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's nice, you know. One thing I I tried for the first time this time, and I I quite liked. How do you drink your tequila? I have to drink it with Chase, otherwise I can't drink it. So you drink like, it straight. Sh- you drink it straight. Yes. With Chase. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually how I drink the tequila. Why? Or or like mezcal, uh, because I went to a club in Mexico and they gave me uh like this grapefruit soda. Uh, I think I think you have it in Canada too. Fresca, do you have Fresca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they mix it with Fresca and soda because I think fre- fre- uh, Fresca alone is a little bit too sweet. So you mix it with Fresca and soda. So you you basically mix it with soda for the most part, and then add a bit of te- uh, Fresca uh, at the top, and mix it. And that was quite refreshing, uh, and it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you, would you say you drank like a lot in in Mexico? Yeah. So, you know, I knew I was gonna drink a lot in Mexico because I was gonna see different friends. I have different friends in Mexico, so I was gonna see different friends, uh, for like you know four days each, or something. Was there a day that you were sober? No. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm like. During my trip in Mexico, I consider myself sober if I was only like four beers in. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's a lot of drinking. Yeah. So, yeah, and so one thing I prepared myself for before going to Mexico because I didn't want to um, damage get my sick. yeah get sick or like you know because I wanted to stay healthy the whole trip to enjoy everything you know to to enjoy the moment to enjoy the environment etc. Right. So, in Japan, we have this crazy supplements. I don't know if you have it in Canada too. Uh, that helps you digest alcohol, or like helps you not have, helps you improve your liver like function. Do you have yeah. it in Canada? It's, no, we don't have it. But it's like that drink that you can buy. Yeah. Ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I forgot what it's called. Like it's used in Indian cuisine a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, turmeric, turmeric. Tur- turmeric. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like the turmeric drink. And then there's like the turmeric, like, like jelly, yeah. Right, and then like there's like turmeric pills and stuff yeah. like that that yeah. you can take in Japan. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's like the the science has gone beyond uh, just using the Indian spice, uh, and we now have. Uh, so what I got, I got two kinds of supplements uh, before going to Mexico. I got a, I got like boxes of, it. I got like a box of it each. Um, so what they do is. One of them, it has like an extract. It's it, it's a powder. One of them is a powder. It's an extract from, oh, sorry, it's it's like amino acids uh, supplement with 
with some ingredients that helps you improve your liver function. And that 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 is uh that is actually uh, developed by Ajinomoto. So it's the company that makes uh, MSG because they know all about amino acids, right? Basically, um, MSG is amino acid. It's kind of uh, glutamine. Um, so that, that was one supplement. So that's supposed to help you improve your liver function. The second supplement I took was, was, um, was this enzyme that's supposed to help you digest alcohol. Uh, it's it's uh it's 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 made by QP. QP is a company that makes the Japanese mayonnaise. Yeah, QP mayo. Yeah, QP mayo. Yeah, the good shit. <laughs> and so, how do they come up with the the enzyme that um that is you know that digests alcohol is because it's it's derived from uh, vinegar uh and fermentation of vinegar. And yeah, I mean, I was drinking a lot, but basically, well, sometimes I was drunk till the, well, many times I was drunk till the next morning, but I was pretty much uh, hangover free. Well, I I was hungover, but like, you know, like not like super severe hangover. And I was able to uh, drink uh, the next day, no problem. And, and survive uh, throughout the trip without any um, major health, um, you know, issues. So that was that was very good. So you no, know, I'm, I'm sure you lost a bunch of brain cells. Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard uh, on my first day back to work after coming back from Mexico. I just like I I also didn't really speak. I didn't speak any Japanese uh, during uh, during my trip. So like I I just like forgot how to speak. Uh, you, you were speaking Spanish the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking like I, I can speak like broken Spanish, so like I was speaking, trying to speak, trying hard to speak Spanish and English, uh, a lot. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but you know, what I found funny is so you know if if you can't drink so much, but you need to drink sometimes for social whatever social reasons. I think it happens a lot in Japan because there's a lot of peer pressure to drink. But, you know, I, I think you can take those supplements and it, it could uh, really help. Yeah. But I just I just took them so that I can enjoy my trip anyway. That's good Yeah. Um, that you took those supplements. Um, did you get any, like, did you take Ducarol or anything like that before you went to Mexico and eat street food and stuff like that? Oh, no. Like, did, I was. Did actually- you get sick? No, I, I actually don't really get sick when I travel uh, abroad. Like, I, I never got sick. Uh, I don't usually get sick. Uh, yeah, even when I went to India, I was okay. Yeah. I, I just, you know, trust whatever my friends eat. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they might have more of an iron stomach than you. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't get sick. Do you get sick when you go to Mexico? Uh, it depends. Um, if I do get sick, it's only for like one day. Okay. And then afterwards, my stomach adapts. I see. I, see. I mean, obviously, obviously, yeah. I get the sh- I got the shit sometimes from like the spice. Yeah, but that's about it. Like I got it like once uh, during my trip to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, how do you like? 
how did you protect yourself, you know, from against theft when you travel around, especially when you go to like really dangerous cities and stuff like that, and how your friends like sweatpants got stolen and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, like how what do you typically do to try to you know protect yourself um, against different I, like dangerous encounters or like potential theft and stuff like that like what's your what's your process or method or what did you do so so i don't know if it helps but i mean if you get mugged on the street obviously there is no way of uh helping yourself there right but you know i I try to actually take taxi as much as possible and also there are even in the same even within the same city uh, there are areas that are safe and unsafe during the day and during uh, at night, so you know I've I would always uh, uh, check where is safe to stay within the same city, and because I'm a foreigner, uh, you know, and and there there are times when I have to carry my passport around, uh, you know, like for for identification purposes and whatnot. I've I have. I've I've been buying these like pants that have a uh, zipper uh on the on the pockets like like uh do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. Yeah, like like hidden pockets within your pocket or yeah, something. Yeah, hidden pocket within my pocket with a zipper. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I like those cuz I I don't lose things when I when I put my, you know, wallet or like my passport in there. So that, that's that's something I do, um, and I I don't walk around that much when I travel to Mexico. I I try to like take taxi or Uber, or get my friend to drive around. One one thing that really concerns me about I'm uh, sorry I'm I'm jumping to another topic. One one thing that kind of really concerns me about Mexico is the the rate of people driving after drinking. Like it's it's not treated like a serious problem, but I think it's a very serious problem in Mexico. I mean, a lot of people like drink and drive, like just drive off uh, after going clubbing, and they drink a lot, right? So, yeah, that's that's one thing that concerns me. Uh, so you know, so on top of paying attention to my belongings when I'm out, and and oh, and also I, when I'm like staying in an accommodation, I I try to like close my suitcase. When I'm not there, just just so that there's no like mistake, right? And and keeping things where I can see, visible, yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of times um, I I get I get a little bit concerned. Uh, is that uh, a lot of people are drunk driving in Mexico? It's it's okay to like, you know, get drunk and like drive home. I'm just wondering, like, what's like the rate of like accidents caused by uh, drunk driving? I think, I think, you know, due to like the high crime rate um, in Mexico, you know, a lot of those little issues go unnoticed in the country. You know, like drunk driving, or or even you know even 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 like petty thefts or like other things are are not treated as seriously. Because they have more severe issues, like the like the narco traffickers and and the, and the drug cartels and the hom- high homicide rates, uh, etc. Right. So uh, that makes me a little bit sad, to be honest. Yeah. 
and and the cops obviously are very uh, corrupt in Mexico. So, you know, I got robbed. Like I got robbed, or like you know, I got mugged by a police. Uh, I don't know if I, if I call it mugged, but like. Uh, so when I was driving around with my friend in Mexico, the police would stop us and ask for money. Has that has that you know have you heard about it before? Yeah, I've I've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. So, so they would just like stop you in the middle. If of, you don't give them money, like they will like arrest you and will, then try to take your money, and then they'll drop you in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they will. They will somehow find a reason to arrest you, right? They can obviously always. So you need to pay, but you try to pay as little as possible. Um, so I had, well, cause I, I just arrived in Mexico at the time and I was riding around with my friend. I had a lot of cash in my wallet. Then, so like my friend had no cash. So he's like, Oh, do you have cash? And I tried to open my wallet, but he's like, Oh no, don't open it. Because if they know you have money, they will take more. You know, instead of taking 50 pesos, they will ask for 500 pesos. 50 pesos is like $3 or $2.50. 500 pesos is like, what, like $30, $25, $30. So that's that's something I was uh, quite shocked with. Even the police is uh, pretty corrupt there uh, to this day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely like... It's not only the gangs that you have to be careful of. It's yeah. the police as well. They're also a gang of their own. Yeah, like um, you're like basically on your own in that country. Like nobody is there to protect you, basically, I think. Yeah, so you need to really, you know, keep your radar up. One thing I I, I think, you know, I, especially for like Japanese people really need to be careful about going to Mexico is that you should not trust anybody like when you go there. I mean, besides your friends that you know from somewhere or something, if, if you don't have a friend there, you trust nobody and only trust, like, the authorities. So what my friend was doing, which I didn't... I, I was pretty surprised, was I was asking for directions at the airport. So I wanted to find my gate, right? I wanted to see where my gate was. My gate was, like, 36 or something. Oh, no, B. It was B, gate B. And there was no gate B uh, anywhere. So I just asked like someone who was just standing, hey, where's the gate B? Do you know where the gate B is? And my friend goes, hey, uh, is, is the person um, like the official representative of the airport? Like, was he wearing a uniform? And I was like, I was like, why? Why? It's like, as long as somebody knows where it is, it's okay. But then I think there's also, you know, you know, you need to ask the right kind of person or they could I feel like there's always that concern that you need to ask the right authority or or you don't trust that person you know for anything oh I see because they might mislead you and then you get caught yeah there's always a risk of somebody you know you you ask the wrong person no you need to assume you need to start by assuming that everybody besides the people who are on the job have bad intentions that's that's like how you start out in Mexico, which I found pretty sad because in Japan, right? Say, for example, you are at the airport and you don't know where your gate is. You ask a random Japanese person, hey, where's gate number 33? They would just like go out of their way to like look for it. And you can completely trust that person unless they, they could be making a mistake, but it's an honest mistake, you know? 
so it's it's completely safe to ask a, a person to just guide uh you know show you the way uh anywhere on the street but in mexico i i think it's uh it's to play it safe you need to ask the person in a uniform for for things like that yeah yeah it's uh i guess you know the more i talk about it i i, I you know it makes me a little bit um sad to to live your life that way because I think it goes the same in Canada, right? The situation in Canada is quite similar to Japan. You can ask somebody for directions. Like, you know, not not just police officers or like someone who works in the facility. You can ask anyone for directions and they will try to give it to you. Yeah, I'd probably say you have like an 80% success rate for doing stuff. But there is still like those those like situations where sometimes you just get the wrong person and they end up being like, a serial killer or something I guess. <laughs> crazy yeah. like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas in Japan, you probably have like a ninety-eight percent success rate. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's like ninety-eight uh, percent. Or, or yeah. that person could just be like busy and be like, "I'm sorry, I can't help you," and just walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I would probably say Canada's a lot. Like, if you're as long as you're in a public space, like a mall or like transportation hub and stuff like that. Um, you you're probably gonna be like ninety nine point nine percent. You'll be able to get to where you're going, uh, whether that's the official authorities or some random person. But if it is like in the middle of like butt fuck nowhere, or like you're like in the middle of like the road and you're hitchhiking, then it's like uh, then you're kind of playing with fate a little bit. You're really rolling the dice on that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas with Mexico, it seems like if they're not official. Yeah then you have a 90% uh, failure rate. <laughs> or, or you need to assume that there's a 90%. I, 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 don't, I don't think yeah. the failure rate actually is 90%. I mean, but you don't want to take that risk, right? Yeah, because it's so like, there's too much, non, non, there's regulation, but no one follows the regulations. Yeah. And, and no one is like, yeah. I mean, like, like if I ask for directions in the, in the, in the city center, and the person says, hey, that way, and could be pointing at the wrong direction, right? And I walk into the wrong neighborhood. They could be waiting with a, with a gun and just trying to mug me or, you know, trying to harvest my organ or whatever. <laughs> Did you see a lot of guns in Mexico? Because I know I saw a lot of guns when I was in Mexico. Oh, really? Where? Where did you yeah. travel to? Like, like, like Cancun and stuff like that. If yeah. you go to, like, the resorts. Yeah. Just... If you try, because the resorts are like gated, right? Yeah. Because this is like all the people, so you're not really interacting with yeah. like Mexicans yeah. directly. Mm -hmm. But the gate, there's guards with like freaking like assault rifles and stuff. Oh like yeah, that, I guarding mean guarding the yeah guarding the uh, the resorts and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. you still get like um, gang wars in the resorts. Like somehow they manage oh, to really? get in there, <laughs> and people get killed. Like people that vacation there. What? Um, yeah. Wow. In Cancun. Well, that's scary. So, yeah, I, I saw a lot of guns, but they were mostly on uh, with the military police. I saw a lot of military police just going around with like big rifles. So, yeah, yeah, I did see a lot of guns. And my, not this time, but uh, the previous time I was in Mexico, my friend's maid had a gun on her. She was like an ex-police officer. 
How cool is that? So she's like, that's a good, that's a solid maid. That's a very, man, I was like, wow, that's solid. Like she was an ex-police officer turning to maid. And I mean, like she know like how to take things down, right? And she also know how to cook like really good. uh, (laughs) Good queso. (laughs) Yeah, quesadilla or 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 anything you know uh, enchiladas whatever she cooked she cooked it she could cook that stuff right up and like omelet she was she, she also cooked pretty mean omelets yeah so i was did you did yeah. you ever ask her why she did the career shift from a police officer to i mean i mean if you think about it uh you know how corrupt the police i mean i didn't ask her but if you think about it you know how corrupt the police uh law enforcement is in mexico and you need to, I mean, the, the fact that police need to ask people for money is, it shows that how, how, how underpaid they are, right? So I think it makes a lot more sense to go, you know, actually like become a corrupt police officer or go private. You know, you can find a nice, nice family that, that pays you well and you can just work as a maid. And, you know, like, yeah, of course, she's like a maid slash security but but i think like the like the job itself will be much more safe than working as a police officer so yeah I think it's, it sounds like your friends are um in the top one percent of mexico <laughs> yeah yeah i think so i think i mean if you think about it um they have to be right because because my i mean like i met them when i was in canada and stuff you don't have to be a top one percent say in 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 japan or in 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 other countries to or in in other like developed uh richer countries to to go abroad to study but in mexico i think you definitely do have to be the top one percent um i mean you can eat for like a dollar or two in mexico so you know think about the you know i th- I feel like people make like one like 20 percent of the money as uh as what people make here in japan usually on average so yeah if you take that into account yeah i think you need to be uh rich to 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 send your kids to study abroad yeah one thing is that um you know when when you do go travel Mm -hmm. and you're trying to like protect yourself i find that i don't carry cash with me oh yeah yeah that's that's, that's important yeah yeah like if i do have cash i usually like put it in under like my shoe oh really like zero cash yeah like i have cash like like, in my shoe, like under the sole, like, like zero of cash. My shoe. Okay. No, like I'll carry some cash in case, like they take my IDs and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. um, or like my phone. Yeah. But I'll usually have like a copy of my identification, yeah. paper identification, oh, that's in your shoes, and and like some cash in my shoes so that I can like, yeah. What if they take whatever. your shoes? But it's like it's like. Like I wrap it and roll it to the side, so even if they like hit the shoe, it's not gonna come. Like like they really have to like, okay, like dig because, deep into the shoe to like okay. figure out like okay. there's stuff for, in there. Okay, for for just 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 uh for your future um uh, travel, my friend had his shoes stolen too once. Oh really? Yeah, that's that, interesting. The, the guy that lives in Mexico, he I mean like they even took his. Sweatpants. I mean, I think I think they're comfortable <laughs> stealing his shoes, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe I should just like get like some like tape and like just tape 
tape stuff to like my body yeah. under my underwear or yeah. something. <laughs> or or you could just carry like little cash and um you know, not worry about you know, the like because you can live like you can live a day with, with like fifty bucks like you know, like sightseeing in Mexico. And which I think is okay to like lose in case you get mugged. So you can like just carry that cash in your wallet and and I guess just uh, go on with your day, right? And and you, you, all of your cars, you can probably just reissue. Yeah. What is it about? Like, it's because it's, it sounds like during this whole like time we've been talking about Mexico, it yes. sounds like it's hella dangerous. But why do you like Mexico so much? Oh, because it's a. Uh, I. Yeah, it, you know there. Are, yeah, we we're talking about how we prevent like ourselves from like getting mugged or like staying safe or like gun violence and like murders in Mexico. That's that's only one aspect of the country, uh, which I you know which a lot of people tend to focus on. We we unfortunately just focused on so much just now. Uh, but Mexico is a I think it's a great country. Uh, only. With the only downside of having you know those those issues, because I think their the nature is very diverse. So they have mountains and beaches. So they have like a lot of their uh, you know like a like a big part of their country is on the mountains. So say for example, the Mexico City is sits on the on the altitude of. 2000 about like 2500 meters that's very high i think for like a capital city so like the weather there is actually really nice during the day it's goes up to like 23 like maybe around like 73 degrees fahrenheit uh 23 degrees uh, celsius and and uh, at nighttime, though, it gets cooler to, you know, to like maybe it, it feels like the summertime in Vancouver, except it's a little bit cooler. So it's not too hot, not too cold. You just wear like a like a jacket uh, at nighttime and it's it's all good. And it doesn't rain that much. Food, I, I quite like. Uh, I like the Mexican food. And and the and the, there's a lot of beer. It's very accessible. The alcohol, and I I, I really like uh, how they play music all the time. I, I I you know because Japan is so quiet. Um, I I like the quietness too, but sometimes it gets a little boring because like when I make noise, people look at me in Japan. But people worry less in Mexico, and they just play blasting music, which I really like. And they also have, you know, as as everyone, it's it's quite obvious, but they have beautiful, uh, beautiful beaches in Mexico. I went to a beach in Mexico and I was shocked. And when I travel there, I get to like live like a like a king, basically. You know, I I I go to you know I go to a beach. I get a I get like a table with a with a beach. How do you call it? Uh, a bed. And you know, I just order beers, all the food I want. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's amazing um, what you can do there. Uh, because I, if I did, if I if I were to do that in Japan, I I you know I, I can't afford it. You know, it's it's gonna be too expensive to do it all the time. Yeah, 
So and and the and the, and the ocean like is it was really really clean like it was really nice, yeah. And I think there's a lot of culture in Mexico as well. Uh, you know, if you go to like those older cities in Mexico, they have very old buildings, uh, and and like they always have a city center in in the in the old cities where they have a plaza and a, and a gazebo. I don't know if it's a gazebo uh, precisely, but it looks like a gazebo. So I called it, I called that a gazebo. And you know they have all sorts of events. They have festivals, carnivals. I feel like I I quite like the Mexican people. Although I said don't trust anyone in Mexico, but for the people you can trust, you know they they are very 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 nice, humble people. And they they I didn't know this until I went to Mexico for the first time. But they work hard sometimes. You know I I think they they they. They work hard and they're very good with their hands. Usually, you know, they know how to do a lot of things, like fixing things and making things, which I find very impressive. So yeah, I I, I really like it there. Uh, overall, you know, I just need to be careful when I go. But then all of that could change when I get mugged for the first time or something. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, like you're drunk most of the time, so maybe that might have affected how you. <laughs> Like your sense of danger <laughs> in realizing like these areas are actually pretty dangerous. Yeah, um, well, yeah. But then I was just going to like bars and taking taxi back, so like I didn't really, you know, have to worry about it. Yeah, but then yeah, it's it's not the safest country in the world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I I was like looking at like how like whether or not vehicle deaths were like a big contributor in mexico do you know which country actually has currently the highest vehicle death rates india 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 yeah india okay, represents okay. 11 percent of the world's wow. vehicle motor, motor i vehicle mean like deaths. i went to india and they drive on the wrong side of the road all the time like yeah there's no rules yeah they're, they're worse than than china <laughs> china used to be like the worst and yeah. now it's like India is the worst. Um, mm. Well, largely because tech is like yeah. um, managing all of China's um, yeah tra- like uh, roads, traffic right? now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but whereas like India still has like zero tech on their roads. It's like one person dies every four minutes in India from no. It's understandable. Um, I would I would never drive there in India. It's, it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, no, really, like. You see people driving on the wrong side of the road all the time. Yeah. Just to cut. You see whole, f- you see whole families on motorcycles. Yeah, I mean, like imagine, imagine, imagine they get into an accident. That's, that's like eight people die in in, in four minutes, right? So. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> okay. So what what comes on that list? What what other countries come? You know, what are the second and thirds? Uh, I didn't really look into it too deeply. I just saw that okay. like for twenty twenty, okay. India was India like the, the highest. Wow. Yeah, it's the highest. So maybe it's not so bad because Mexico has maybe a bit more room yeah. on their on their roads. Yeah. For you to drive a little sure. a little bit more crazy. For sure. Um, you, where else did you go on your vacation? You went to the U.S. Right? I went to the U.S. I went to San Diego too, actually, and Arizona. I have some friends there, so I went. And yeah, San Diego was very nice. Actually, I was surprised because it's so close to Mexico, right? And I, I just came from Mexico. So, you know, I was like, oh, it's so close to Mexico, etc. 
But then San Diego is like super clean. And it was super, like it was almost too clean for my liking actually. Like it was just like really clean, man. And Whereas Mexico is like the exact opposite. It was, it was a bit chaotic. Yeah, it was very chaotic. Yeah, San Diego, the road, roads were very nice. And and they, they have, and it felt really, really safe. Like people, when they unload their car in front of their homes, they just leave the, leave the trunk open and unload and just leave the trunk, trunk, trunk open for as long as they want, you know? yeah they do that here too in canada yeah yeah but it was like a reverse like culture shock for me because oh. i was just in mexico like that's true actually i'm I'm wondering it's like when you were because like it's san diego san diego's relatively diverse um in terms of like the people there but when you were in mexico where did you like stick out yeah yeah a lot did you did you encounter any uh racism yeah <laughs> no no not really just a lot of people ask me if i was chinese but you know mexicans i i think mexico and japan have a very good relationship and they tend to like uh japanese people so you know i i told them i'm japanese and they're like oh that's nice that's nice and you know they would you know, just uh, be happy to be hanging out with me. So that was that was very good. Uh, what do you think would happen if you said Chinese instead? So I don't know. I don't know for for real, but there was a there was a there was like a lady that I talked to uh, in Mexico, and after telling her that I was Japanese, and and she said, "Oh no, I don't like the Chinese people." So. It could have been bad. I don't know what Chinese people did in Mexico that make make her uh, dislike them, but there was just one incident where I where I kind of sensed like uh, uh, this this Mexican person not liking uh, uh, Chinese people. Yeah, why 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 do you think? Do you think it's it's because of like the like the conflict they have uh, with the U.S. Or like, I don't know. It could be a lot of different things, yeah. quite honestly. Mm. I mean, a large part is that originally, I think the U.S. relied on Mexico for a lot of manufacturing. Yeah. Like like automotive manufacturing, vehicle manufacturing, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of like um, just manufacturing in general was done in Mexico. Yeah. And then I think once China opened up, they yeah. decide to have all their factories and manufacturing in China yeah, instead. Yeah. So that might be a reason why, um, because it like displaces the jobs from one country to another. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like China also invests heavily in Mexico yeah. for some manufacturing stuff too. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, I don't know. Like it might just be like they thought, oh, you took our our job, and then like you took our manufacturing, and then now you're coming back, and then you're like using us just like. The U.S. used to back then. So maybe like there's for some like economic there. reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there is like some animosity there. Um, mm. But yeah, I've I've heard generally that Mexicans don't like um, Chinese people. Yeah, or people from China, um, broadly speaking. Okay. Um, 
I, I don't think that Mexicans have as much of a problem with like Koreans and Japanese. Mm. Um, I haven't heard too many problems there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people in Canada are generally treated like, you know, like vacationers. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're also targets uh, yeah, for, for like mugging for, and stuff like yeah, that. So, yeah. so it's like probably when I go to Mexico, I'll just pretend to be fully Korean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Koreans are not targets uh, of, uh, of uh, like, uh, you know, petty crimes like mugging. Um, I, I think it's just like they don't encounter Koreans as much. Okay. Um, so they don't. But know. they, I think they like Korean like media though. Like they like K-pop yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. Yeah, Mexico so is like also, a yeah, good like, I think they, they like the K-pop and they also like uh, the Japanese anime a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you meet any Mexican weebs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're well, like, to. Did they Naruto run? No, the no, beach? they did. <laughs> I, I did, actually. I did. But <laughs> You did. You did a Naruto Ninja run on the on the Mexican beach. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, when I was when I was jumping into the beach, uh, I did a Naruto run. But uh, I think Mexicans. I, I've I've met many Mexicans that are quite into anime. Like uh, my my friend's brother in law, he asked me to bring back some stuff for uh for for some like uh, Shingeki no Kyojin, the Attack of the Titans. Yeah. Like some some stuff uh, related to the to to the to the series, yeah. No, I think they quite like. Oh, and we were singing Dragon Ball. Like Dragon Ball was quite popular in Mexico too back then. So like I I was singing Dragon Ball song. Uh, they they had it in Mexico. Uh, they had it in Spanish, but I was singing it in Japanese. We were kind of uh, having a, a bit of a sing off in Japanese and Spanish at the same time. Yeah. So they they like anime a lot, and I, I think. S- not like crazy, crazy weebs, but there is a good number of population uh, that like anime. Yeah. And quite like it. Yeah. Which made me happy. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't really watch that much anime anymore. Uh, it makes me happy that there are people that appreciate my culture. Things that came out of Japan. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So like you... So that sounds like a relatively fun time that you had in Mexico. Yeah. Sounds like it was all just like fun. Yeah. Just having fun. Yeah. Um, but when you were in the U.S., like when you went to San Diego and Arizona, what did yeah. you do there? Oh, so I was just hanging out in San Diego. It's a place to chill. Arizona, I went to the desert and off-roading uh, in the desert. Yeah. Did you, did you use, go on the dune buggy? No, but my friend had a Jeep. Like a like an old school like nineteen like seventies Jeep. He's a military guy, right? He's a military guy. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we just like went on the road and sh- shot some guns. Like it was my first time shooting a shotgun. He had like a a lot of he had many guns like shotgun, uh, AK forty seven. Uh, what was it? A rifle? Like something. Very American. Yeah, and America. and, and a Glock. America. So I got the, the shoot freedom. Him. Yeah, so it was, I was embracing my freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And what? Yeah, is he a na- is he navy or is he like navy seal? Uh navy, navy, not not a seal. She, he's actually uh, well, he's actually uh part of the merchant marines. So, 
Yeah, so he 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 works for a company that 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 makes him essentially a part of the naval force. But he's he's on the ship. Yeah. And and one one really cool experience I got to do when I was in San Diego. I'm a golfer, so I golf from time to time. Um they have a golf uh so golf course on on the on the base in San Diego, on the on the Na- Naval Air Force base in San Diego. So so the golf course is basically right next to the runway where you know where all like the fighter jets and like uh, and helicopters and like those planes uh, just take off take on and off yeah and it was just a crazy experience because you're about to make your tee shot and you hear like the like the jet engine sound and you see like a fighter jet just taking taking off like right right behind you yeah it was a very crazy sight did you see my my post on uh, Instagram? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's that's cool." You. Yeah. I wonder, were you playing with any of the officers there? Because usually it's mostly the officers that are playing. Yeah. Golf. No, you need to you need to be uh, actually uh, escorted by uh, by the member of the military. So my friend took me, and we were actually paired up with uh, two two other guys who are also in the military. So it was very interesting, and I got to see some like. Uh, like special forces guys, uh, that was in the in the group uh, just before us. Yeah, they just look like normal dudes, but you know, uh, they're they're part of the special forces, and but they're they're pretty big, all of them. Yeah. 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 They're they're like twice your size. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I felt very small uh, when I went to the states, which yeah. which doesn't you... happen so much in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, usually you're the bigger guy <laughs> yeah, in Japan. But then when I went to the states, uh, I felt like, oh, I'm so small. Like, <laughs> <laughs> time to go back to the gym. <laughs> you need to pump up. Not not just the you know not just the muscle mass, but like, just like the bone structure. Like those guys are like big. Like, like six 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 foot is, it's not big in, in like you know amongst those people. They have to be like six five or something. Yeah, pretty big big guys yeah yeah big guys. You, you go yeah. big big in other ways too if you go to the showers <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess well you can go and find out if you want no i'm good man <laughs> uh you know i don't i don't like i don't carry my soap around i, I use like bottled soap so yeah <laughs> I like I like liquid soap. I, I don't see. like bar soap. Okay, bar see. soap, yeah, you know, there's some danger yeah, to bar soap. Yeah, it could it could slide right out of your hands, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Or someone can slip on it, and you know, falls happen. Fall, yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, y- because you went to like, um, you know, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, you told me, I think, off camera before. It's like mm-hmm. you went to a gender neutral bathroom. Oh yeah. Like, a, oh like, yeah. Sorry. Like, cause yeah. So, like a few things. I'm really interested to hear about this because we haven't seen this yet. In Canada, oh, you don't have it like, in Canada yet. Okay. Yeah, like there's no like male, still male or female, mm-hmm. um, for the bathroom. So and so like a gender neutral bathroom mm-hmm. is like one of those those things that like how does this work? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah dude so i i was i was flying out of san diego and i made a transit in san francisco because there's no well there is but not really there's no direct flight from san diego to japan well yeah. first i want to ask like in japan is there a gender neutral bathroom in japan 
No, we have a handicapped bathroom yeah. where anyone can yeah. use. Yeah. Male, yeah. female. Well, we have the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Handicapped bathroom. But handicapped bathrooms tend to not be male or female. It's like unisex. Yeah, it's I unisex. Find. Yeah, then, it's unisex. Yeah. yeah, anyone can use it. So we have that. And, but, so I was making a transit in San Francisco airport to, for my connecting flight to Japan. And I wanted to use, use the bathroom. And so there was male, female, and one, another bathroom in between with a triangle. The triangle is supposed to represent that, right? Gender neutral bathroom. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. I've seen those bathrooms before, but yeah. I've only always gone to the male okay. bathroom. Okay. So, you know, I took care of my business in the male bathroom. But then I'm like, what does a gender neutral bathroom look like? I was, I was, I got very curious. So I went and it was just individual stalls. You know, if you, when you go to a, uh, like a male bathroom in each stall, you have, you have like a space under the door and over the door. Right. But the gender neutral bathrooms, the, the, it was like different rooms. Each stall was different rooms where, you know, um, where, where the, where the whole, like, you know, from, from the ceiling to the floor was shut. And you walk oh, in. Oh, yeah. That's good. You should just go to the gender neutral bathrooms then. You get more privacy. I guess if you want more privacy, you could go there. But no one was using it. See, that's like, that's like the kind of thing that like, kind of makes me mad. Yeah. It's like, how come the gender neutral bathrooms have more thought and yeah. like, why is it better than like yeah it was so nice bathrooms? it was so nice it was so nice and i was i was just wondering is it a good idea to just like cater to whatever those people with i mean it could sound very controversial but like is it a good idea to cater to whatever these those people with voice have to say as a society because i mean if you think about the representation of like the you know how much those people make up in our in our in our in our in our society versus the amount of effort that and thought and money that went into building that gender neutral bathroom you know because i mean like i'm pretty sure there's there are less than one third of people who would need to use that even amongst like say people that are um homosexual that don't mind using their you know, male bathroom or female bathroom, right? So, like, who, how many, how many, like, how much of our, our population really need to use that bathroom? I think it's, it's, it's significantly low. I mean, like, I don't go to the bathroom worrying about my gender. I'm going to the bathroom to take a piss of shit, right? Like, I don't care. If they had one bathroom for everyone, I don't care. I just go and take care of my business. I don't care. I it doesn't make me feel insecure about my. If somebody tells me, "Hey, you gotta go use the ladies' bathroom," because I don't know. When I was a kid, actually, it, my mom made me do it sometimes because uh, I don't know for for whatever reason, right? Uh, because I I was too too little to go to the men's bathroom alone to take care of my business. So my mom would just be like, "Hey, go to the ladies' bathroom," uh, you know, so so that I can take care of you. I I didn't mind it because I like. I don't care if I'm in the ladies' bathroom or not. I'm a man, and there's no, there's nothing that that would like, uh, you know, put me in 
in uh put my my gender in in jeopardy by going to the female bathroom. That's how it felt, and to me, yeah, okay. In in an ideal society where we have unlimited resources, uh, yeah, sure, you can have a gender neutral bathroom or. Or even have a have an individual bathroom for all the all the to that meet all you know every people's meet I need because sometimes toilet like the urinal for men's bathroom is too high or too low for certain people right or the toilet seats are too high or too low okay let's make all all kinds of toilets that meet everybody's fucking custom made toilets everywhere right yeah that's that's possible in an ideal world but really if you're speaking about you know distribution of resources allocation and whatnot i feel like it's not properly allocated when you build a gender neutral bathroom just to meet the needs of people i i might sound very insensitive um but to me it sounds a little bit too much <laughs> gotta- i'm thinking that maybe like like if if every single stall is private right yeah. like everyone then I, you know what if if you can't see who's in there yeah unless they leave right yeah I think that I think maybe all the bathrooms should just be gender neutral. Yeah. But like each individual stall should be like Completely super private. Sealed. Yeah. 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 We, maybe equipped. Um, equipped. They all should be equipped with a urinal and a and a toilet seat. Yeah, and like a sound reduction device or something, so you can't hear like mm. the noises. Because I know that's like something that a lot of people would feel like uncomfortable, like yeah. if they're doing their business and it sounds really loud or like it okay. sounds like a little weird then <laughs> battle like, shits yeah yeah maybe it like plays like soothing music right yeah. in the yeah. background oh, like, so like no like one can hear it have in japan yeah 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 exactly but and you know like, like or yeah like the like the gender neutral bathroom i went into in in san francisco it was really nicely built i don't think anyone would be able to hear anything that happens that goes on in that room like it was yeah nice. so like yeah I, I think, like, if, if they're going to do this, like, male, female, and yeah. then gender neutral, just, yeah. like, break all of it down, just have one gender neutral thing, but make sure every single stall it's is, like... Securely sealed, Securely right? sealed, yeah. and, like, everyone has their right to their own privacy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only thing, like, that can be public is, like, just, like, the place where you wash your hands, right? Yeah. Right? No, that like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, if if they're gonna go do through all these stupid like hoops and and stuff like that and try to appease everyone, it's just like okay, then let's just you know make sure it's consistent, and then you just have one big bathroom that everyone mm-hmm. can go into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like onsen, right? Yeah. If you think about it, like yeah. mixed bath onsen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know how like how would you feel if there was like a like a gender neutral onsen <laughs> <laughs> male female and gender neutral. Yeah. So so they would instead of having just male and female, they would make a gender neutral onsen as a third option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would not go there just to avoid the trouble. Because it's just you don't know how to engage, right? Yeah, I don't know how to engage and I'm happy just going to the men's uh men's bathroom, you know. Yeah, but just... I think if we're really going to go in that direction, probably, like, all the bathrooms are gender neutral. Mm. Mm. And then, like, one specific bathroom for those with, like, disabilities. I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think no, disabilities... that makes a lot of sense. That makes I, I Because like, it's, yeah. like, accessibility is so important. Like, yeah. it's it's too much of a challenge if you have a gender neutral thing and then you have a disability built into there. It's, like, yeah. it doesn't... 
make too much sense. Yeah, for um, sure. And and you know, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's the way it should go instead of just having three different things, which which I think is very disproportionate. If 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 say for example, the gender neutral bathroom is used only for the people that you know that are say uh, transgender or they 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 have they have um, they identify themselves as something that that uh, they are not physically. Yeah, because that that really represents a very small portion of the population. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's like shit and piss is exactly the same. So it's yeah. not like yeah. <laughs> it determines the difference of like <laughs> your <laughs> yeah yeah. It's not like your poo poo looks different yeah. if you're like gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, it's the same color. It's brown unless you're sick. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you have a sickness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that sounds that was exciting. Um, but are you are you excited to start going back, working back in Japan? Like now that you're, ah, you know, I I'm I'm still in my rehab state because uh, I was out for a very long time. I'm still trying to catch up. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different role that I came back to. So yeah, not really looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the K Koji podcast. You can find more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Keep up to date by following us on Twitter and Instagram at K Koji Podcast. If you would like to support the program, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash K Koji.